I've got a question this evening to get things started. Raise your hand if you know who Merritt Beeson is. She's the right side hitter for the Nebraska volleyball team, isn't she? Well, Merritt, about this time last year, was on her way to Lincoln, Nebraska. She went to high school in Alabama, and she spent her first two years of college at the University of Florida. I think that's in Gainesville. That's where Ben Sass is now. So anyway, she was interviewed last spring. She had been here for a while, had, got, uh, had gotten used to uh, Nebraska. It was pretty cold for her at first. But then she was interviewed in the spring after the spring volleyball season, after they had played some sand volleyball, got to know her teammates a little bit. And, and one of the reporters asked her, so what brought you to Nebraska? Here's her quote. One of the things that drew me to Nebraska is how much support volleyball has. It's a special place. Question number two. Has anyone ever heard of Dylan Riola? Dylan Riola? Of course, if you're a Husker football fan, you've heard of Dylan Riola. And maybe even if you're not a Husker football fan, you've heard of Dylan Riola. He's a five-star quarterback. Pretty big deal. He switched his commitment from Georgia to Nebraska a couple weeks ago. Twitter was pretty alive that day. His father was an All-American at Nebraska. So it's pretty cool that he decided to come to Nebraska, and he came from Georgia. That's where he went to high school. So a reporter asked Dylan Raiola, what brought you to Nebraska? Here's his answer. I firmly believe that Nebraska is in my blood. It's a great opportunity to be part of something bigger than myself. Nebraska is a special place. So that leads to my third question of the evening. What word appeared besides Nebraska in both of those quotes? You weren't supposed to get it that easy. I was going to give you some help. I was going to put them both up there. But that's right. The word special. This weekend we are, we are celebrating something special. Epiphany. We have holidays and seasons in the church here. Today we celebrate one of those holidays which also happens to be a season in the church year, an eight-week season. So what is Epiphany? What makes Epiphany so special, that word again, what's so special about Epiphany? Well, here's the definition of Epiphany. The celebration of the revelation of who Jesus is. Okay, nice definition. But who is Jesus exactly? 
What exactly did the wise men in Matthew chapter 2 reveal? What exactly are they celebrating? Well, they revealed something special. They revealed someone special. A revelation that changed the entire world. A revelation that fulfilled the prophecies. A revelation that fulfilled a promise of God the Father. You see, they revealed the Savior of the world. The world. That's you. That's me. Saved. It was such a special revelation, they just had to be part of it. And they were confident. You see, these weren't any, any old magi. These weren't any old wise men. These were wise men from the, a little louder, east. That was a big deal. Because the smartest and the most wise of the magi came from the east. They were actually astrologers. And they were astrologers who divined a new king of the Jews had been born. And they were sure of it. Like Merritt and Dylan, well, they wanted to be part of something special. So, they went to see this special child, this savior of the world. And it wasn't a short trip. 500 miles. And they didn't have a car. They didn't have a jet. They walked. They had camels. 500 miles would be like walking from Fremont to Denver, Colorado. Doesn't seem very far when we drive, but how would you like to walk that trip? But they wanted to be part of something special. Matthew 2, 1 to 2. Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who had been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. His star? Yes, his star. The one who was with the Father at the beginning of creation. The one who was with the Spirit at the beginning of the world. Yes, his star. Worship him? Yes, worship him. You might recall we looked at the word worship during our Christmas Eve 6 and 11 o'clock candlelight services. The refrain to the hymn, Angels from the Realm of Glory, it's about worship. Worshiping Christ the newborn King. Sing the refrain with me. 
Come and worship, come and worship, worship Christ the newborn King. Well, it wasn't just the angels. It wasn't just the angels who knew, who knew who baby Jesus was. These wise men from the east, they knew as well. And they came to reveal him. They came to worship him. Reveal and worship this special little boy. But what does worship mean exactly? Well, here's a review of our definition. Worship, showing reverence and adoration for God. You see, the wise men knew exactly what was going on. They knew the prophecy. They knew the promise. These Gentiles from afar, what did they do? They fell on their knees. Fell on their knees out of adoration. Fell on their knees out of reverence fell on their knees to worship the newborn king. A special promise revealed to them in the form of a humble child. Matthew 2, 9-12. After listening to the king, they went on their way. And behold, the star that they had seen when it rose went before them until it came to rest over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. And going into the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother. And they fell down and worshipped him. Fell down and worshipped him. No hesitation. They fell down and worshipped him, adored him. They revered him. Because they knew just as the angels knew. This was the Christ, the Savior of the world. The light from the star that showed them the way was only the beginning. These wise men knew much more than astrology. They knew the prophecies and promises of God. Almost 700 years before this special occasion, the prophet Isaiah gave us a sneak preview. We read about it already in our Old Testament lesson this, this morning or this evening. It's a preview of God's glorious light outshining the darkness of the world. It's hope. Isaiah 60, starting at verse 1, Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. In other words, the presence of of the Lord is on you. For behold, darkness shall cover the earth and thick darkness the peoples, but the Lord will rise upon you and the glory will be seen upon you and nations shall come to your light and kings to the brightness of your rising. His glory will be seen upon you as well. This is the special occasion the wise men wanted to be part of the special occasion that we should want to be part of. Jesus, the light of the world, born to set his people free from the darkness of the world. John 1, 4-5. In him, Jesus, was life. And the life was the light of men. 
the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. And the darkness will never overcome the light, my friends. It's no wonder the wise men wanted to be part of it all. The Savior of the world revealed to them in Bethlehem. It was special. It was actually more than special. Christ, the newborn king, has arrived to save the world. That is why the wise men fell on their knees. That's why the wise men worshipped this newborn king. And that's why we're here today. We have come to worship Christ, the newborn king. So join me again as we sing the last verse of Angels from the Realm of Glory. But since it's not really practical to fall on our knees, let's stand. Let's stand and worship Christ, the newborn king. Greg? All creation join in praising God. 